there, all you females in medicine. Welcome back to Dr. Me First. It's a podcast all about authentic conversations, specifically between female physicians. As always, I'm Erin Wiseman Dio, your colleague in medicine and absolutely your coach in life. Through my conversations with these other amazing, fierce female colleagues, I hope that I'm bringing you encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun to your life and your practice. Because there's nothing worse than feeling alone in medicine, and I am not going to let that happen anymore. So because of that, I have formed this community of truth-speaking, life-saving, fierce females who want to support and lift up one another. So today's episode number 30, and I'm speaking with Dr. Jessica Willett. She is an amazing ER physician that does a lot of international work, and she chose the word gratitude. I'm excited to share this episode with you, and I have to ask for a little bit of grace on your part. We did have a technical hiccup in the middle of it, but still an amazing episode, and I think you will find a lot of pearls in it. So listen to the conversation, and afterwards, come around for a little kick of encouragement. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's me. I'm back again, Dr. Erin Wiseman. And today I have a beautiful female colleague who's coming to hang out with me. This is Dr. Jessica Willett. They say it right? No. I always, I always <laughs> butcher last names. Okay, help me, Dr. Jessica. <laughs> Willett. <sighs> Any of the listeners here know that I definitely struggle with phonetics. So, okay, Dr. Jessica, tell everybody about you and who you are. Okay, um, so I am Jess Willette. I am an ER doctor. I'm based out of Northern California, um, kind of in the Central Valley. And I actually had a little bit of an interesting path to becoming an ER doctor. Um, I grew up on the East Coast, went to school for actually health and physical education. And I didn't really know that I wanted to go into medicine until later on. I was kind of towards the end of my undergrad career and I had an anatomy professor that was like, hey, you're good at this. You should think about medicine and that kind of set the ball rolling. And so um, I worked for a few years. I taught. I was a teacher abroad and then I went to medical school um, abroad again at St. George's in the Caribbean. I really wanted some international experience. I'm pretty big on international medicine and underserved populations. And so um, that really, really served me well. And then I actually ended up, I went um, to residency for family medicine, and then I completed a fellowship in emergency medicine. And so now I work uh, full-time in the ER, and I also work with an organization called Flying Doctors of America, and I'm on their board of directors, and I do maybe three, four international trips a year with them. So that really kind of feeds my passion for my international work, too, and we're working on some cool stuff, so between the two of those, that keeps me pretty busy. Amazing. I love it. So I'm family medicine trained, but like a hybrid doing something a little bit different too. So that just makes my little heart pit pat a little bit to hear somebody else that's kind of like gone off the grid and like, Hey, I'm going to do it my way. Kind yeah. of stuff. I love that. Well, great. Well, our word today is gratitude. So tell me, why did you pick that word? Gosh, I, I really think this, you know, gratitude is something that probably over the past maybe year or so, I've really tried to make a focus 
in my life and really try and practice gratitude every single day. And I've really seen that kind of transform the way that I approach things and react to things. And it's really been such a positive change. And I think that um, when I talk about it with people, trying to really incorporate gratitude every single day actively really makes a difference. And so I'm trying, you know, the more we can have these discussions and really learn how to practice gratitude ourselves, it really makes such a big difference, you know, in our lives as physicians and our careers, but our personal lives too. And especially this time of year, gratitude is just, you know, sprinkled everywhere, you know, Thanksgiving and then coming into the holidays. I feel like everybody's really receptive to it right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What ways have you found that have been most impactful for you to express gratitude? And I have to, I'll preface this too. I suck at gratitude. So that's why I'm asking you this so I can pick your brain. I think, you know, it's interesting because you hear about all these people online and social media and everyone's like, oh, my gratitude journal and all of that. And yes, it works and it's great. And I mean, some people that works really well, you know, like focusing on your day or your week, whatever, and reflecting on the things that you're grateful for. But I think sometimes it's it doesn't have to be so concrete. It's just little things in your day, right? So like I find, I work in ER, right? And I work in a really, really busy, crazy trauma center. And so it's easy to get overwhelmed and stressed and everybody is usually overwhelmed and stressed. But at the end of my shift, I usually get all my staff together and I say like, okay, like this was really great today. Like, and I, if somebody went above and beyond, I recognize them. And I think it really has just shifted the attitude and the environment of the staff, you know, because you're used to hearing all of the bad things and like the shit that went wrong and the catastrophes. But I think trying to shift that mindset into positive things and the things that are going really well has helped everybody kind of reflect. And then you can, you can deal with the bad stuff better, I think, because it balances it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. So I would do the same thing. So I was doing ER for a while as well. And so like at the end of the day, like you said, when you get all your crap together and you like throw away all your bottles or, you know, the junk that you ate through the night and Mm -hmm. I would always, yeah, I would do the same thing. I would go tell people, thank you. Like the nurses that I had specifically worked with that day or that shift and, um, you know, tell them good night or good morning or whatever time of day it was. And then I always used to say wise men out. (laughs) <laughs> so <laughs> no. so uh, it became a thing kind of as I was like packing up at the end of the day everybody be like Wiseman out and I'm like yes. <laughs> I love it yeah love it. because you're right like there is there can be so much bad you know there can be so many black clouds or you know the that that it can totally overshadow like those little glimmers at times um that we need to like just sprinkle glitter a little bit around. And I agree. Like I'm the same way. Like if we can, I'm terrible. I can't do a gratitude journal. I've tried, like, I will show you mine. It's got maybe like three sentences in it, you know, (laughs) and I've tried to like pick it back up every time or like, you know, those that you'll see like the self-care blogs where they're like, write five things that you're gracious for, you know? And I'm like, you know, it just doesn't feel great. But you know, one thing that has helped me is when you tell somebody, thank you, don't leave it at that. Say, you know, I really appreciate you because, and since I've started like being more detailed oriented, which is my type A personality, when I can fill in the blank behind the because, it feels more authentic. 
And I think it feels more authentic, not just to you, but to the person who's receiving that too, because it's easy to brush off like, oh, like, thank you, like a general thank you, or like, oh, you're great. But if you can specify that, people are really able to internalize that. And then they remember that, you know, like you remember the good things that people recognize you for. And I think that's so important because as a society, I really just don't think we do it enough. Yeah. I agree. I think that when you, when you, even just the little specifics, like, Hey, thank you for picking up my suture needle when it fell on the floor. I know that could have been a hazard to you. And I just appreciate you trying to help me keep everybody safe. Like I remember telling a nurse that and like that stuck with her like that. She's like, well, most doctors just expect, you know, us to clean stuff up. But I didn't, I didn't realize that was going to come for you. I appreciate that. And so I do think there's, that, that in the, the detail, that's, I think where gratitude really shines. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like going back to the gratitude journal, I think, you know, that's, I don't know. I feel like the gratitude journal is so prevalent right now in like incorporating gratitude in your life as like, this is how you do it. You write down the things that you're grateful for. And then I don't know. I mean, I have a lot of friends who love their gratitude journal and I, I have a planner that kind of incorporates that in because I, I mean, I'm a planner and I love to write things down. I love to color code stuff. I like to be able to look at it and know what my day and my week is going to look like. And, um, there's these planners, they're called passion planners and they kind of incorporate the gratitude into your planner, like in a sneak attack way. So it doesn't feel like it's a task that you have to do because I feel like that's the big barrier sometimes is you're like, Oh, I have to do my gratitude journal. I have to do this task. And then when it feels like just one more thing that you have to do, you don't want to do it because you're already so overwhelmed and exhausted from all the other have to do things on your list. Yeah. Because we have so much. So with that, that's so funny. So I did a holiday challenge for the people that follow me. And one of the things of the challenges, one of the day was a don't have to do list. I made them sit down and write. Cause you know, like we perpetually like, Oh my gosh, where's my to-do list for the day. It's somewhere hanging around here. Here's part of it, you know? And like, I'm like, got to do this. Got to call there. Got to get this. Got to go to the grocery store. Got to pick up money for the cleaners. Da-da-da-da-da. And so instead I made them flip their mind and be like, okay, I want you to write the list. What does not have to be done today and the day will still complete? The sun will still set. Hey, everybody. Minor um, technical difficulties. Uh, Dr. Wiseman is still a podcasting newbie. So I screwed it up. And so this is the second half of our conversation. So I was talking about the do not have to do list. And so what I did is I challenged my people to sit down and write the tasks that if they didn't get done, the day was still going to end and everything was still going to be fine. So like my examples were instead of on my to-do list, having to like fold all six baskets of laundry, I just needed to fold like one or two so that everybody had underwear. Um, and then also on my do not have to do list was like the grocery store. So I have three kids. We literally drink a gallon of milk a day. And so it feels like I am going to the grocery store all the damn time. And on my do not do list was do not go to the grocery store. We have food and they can drink water. And it was so liberating to have this list instead of like, because I don't know about you guys, but for me, I'm like got one through like 75 before 7am on my to-do list. 
And by then moving these things over to be like, okay, no, what is like, let's triage this. What is like super critical? Like if we do not take care of it, this issue is dying versus like, ah, uh, as a bug bite, let's put some hydrocortisone on it, you know? Yeah. So bringing in those doctor skills to triage yeah. things in our own lives, because we're good at that. We're super good at that. We know like what is like death con red and we've got to get going versus like, no, 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 no. You, you can wait a little bit. And so that's what that challenge was on the do not do list. Yeah. And I think that's so important too, because being able to prioritize things and then look at your to-do list like through that lens of gratitude takes the stress away from things and it really lets you kind of focus on what's important right now and you know it might not be doing x y and z but instead spending time with your family or your friends or doing something else that really kind of fills you up instead of all these negative things that take from you and i think too like when you start looking through things uh like through a lens of gratitude then um, I know this is like a hot topic, but like being present, like being t totally present in that moment in what you're doing instead of like multitasking, you know, doing, seeing the patient, yeah. but yet like thinking in your head, because if you can just be like grateful, like I'm grateful that I'm here in this moment, know that, you know, it's not always good. And like situations are hard, especially in the ER, mm -hmm. but to be like, I'm grateful that I'm here and that I can provide the care for this person right now. And I'm grateful to know that somebody else is taking care of all the other things that I need to be doing and that they will be fine when I get out of this situation. Yeah. God, you know, what's so crazy is I, you know, there's so much research out there that shows that multitasking is just this fake phenomenon. And we trick ourselves into thinking that we're these great multitaskers, but really when you're doing all of these things at once, you're really being less efficient. And I feel like when I, when people were saying that, when I was reading that, I felt like that was like, I took that really personally, right? Like I'm an ER doctor, like I multitask all damn day. And so I, I, that felt like some personal injury to me when I was like, well, wait, no, like I'm really good at multitasking and it really works for me. And then kind of stepping back and saying like, okay, well maybe it doesn't really work as good as I think it does. And if I refocus myself and really just put a hundred percent of my time into one thing at a time, then maybe I might be better at it, you know? And so I think that really allowed me to, like you said, like be present for every single patient encounter. So like in my head, I might have 18 things to do, but I can do them one at a time and I can see my patients one at a time and really dedicate myself to that person who I'm with instead of my brain already kind of spinning off to what I'm going to do as soon as I step out of the room. That was some of the best advice that I got when I was transitioning from outpatient family medicine to ER was one of my older colleagues. He was like, just sit down and do the note now. Like, mm -hmm. and I mean, and it sounds so silly. And like, when he told me that I was like, but I can like order stuff and I'll go see another one and I'll come back to it. He's like, no, just sit down and do the note now. And, and I kept with that advice because actually he was so right. Like you go see your patient, you know, you get your orders input or whatever, and you just, you do the note and it, it really does go a lot better than yeah. when you're like, Oh, I can go sneak another one in, you know? And like, I mean, of course there's like emergency, you get pulled away, you gotta go take care of something, but just that advice to him. And I feel like it's really pertinent to this conversation of like staying in that moment. Cause you know, it has to be a better note when it's so much more fresh and you've just done the exam and you just did the history and you just put in the orders, then when you come back like an hour later and you're ready to dispo them and you're like, yeah, it's good enough. You know what I mean? 
Right. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like, you know, I feel like we get used to that multitasking aspect in so much of our lives and then we settle for good enough for all of the things, right? And so if you're trying to do 10 different things, you're going to settle for good enough for all 10 things rather than doing them one by one. And it's like 90, 100% to all of those things if you're putting 100% of your focus into them and really being there and making sure that you're really doing it to the best of your abilities. Yeah, I can remember. Whether that's like a task or like having coffee with a friend, you know, like because it's all equal importance. Yeah, like even taking care of ourselves. Like when we're really taking care of ourselves, we just really need to be in that space, in that moment. It's kind of like, so I'm an athlete. I was a previous collegiate athlete. I consider myself still an athlete. And I think that's one of the examples in my life that I had a coach one time get a hold of me and is like, Aaron, where's your head? You know, and like, of course, I'm like, I can do this. You know, like you can go through those motions because of muscle memory and because how many years you've been doing it and that sort of thing. But it still really stuck with me because it was when I was in college and I was thinking about exams and like some different organizational stuff and a bunch of just different things. And it was obviously affecting my sports performance. And I go back to that a lot, even now, like when I'm lifting or running or swimming or kayak, all the different things I do is like. It really is true. And I think there's something too about um, when you do that, when you kind of center in on yourself. And I know so many people get that advantage through different types of movement, be it like running or walking or yoga. You know what I mean? Like once you kind of put your body on autopilot and you're kind of moving and you're not thinking about everything else, you can kind of come into that flow. Yeah. it's, It's like the reset button. Yeah. And I've even seen like, colleagues do this. Like, um, when I was a resident rotating and, and doing a surgery rotation, like seeing my attending, like, cause you know, you're with them enough. You kind of start to learn their habits and like their little quirks and stuff. And I would have one, um, that I can still think of. And like, you could just tell like when he settled into the flow of the procedure and mm-hmm. it's just kind of magical. Yeah. That's so true. It's so funny how, you know, like, that mind body connection is just so present in everything that we do. And I think tapping into that is so, so powerful. It really is. And I think, I I think that's the most damaging part about burnout is that that connection is lost. And like on a spiritual level, they're now talking about burnout as a um, spiritual moral injury. And I think that's really true because then it, it, there's a lot behind it. I do a lot with burnout and speaking and that sort of thing, but I really do think it goes beyond just a, like a depression or emotional state. I really feel like it hits your core and that's why it's so damaging to physicians. Yeah. God, I absolutely agree. Well, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. (laughs) I'm so glad we're on the same page. The other thing I wanted to mention with gratitude is, um, finding gratitude in shitty situations. So this was presented to me by another coach. And at first I just kind of giggled at it because uh, it was so pertinent to my life. But now I've actually been trying to do it more. And the example came, she was talking about um, family gatherings, like birthday, holidays, whatever. But we all have that one person in our family who we really just want to choke out. Like we're (laughs) just done with them. And so her example was, I am grateful for this person, fill in the blank, because through their ignorance, they have shown me how much I have grown to deal with stupidity. And I was like, (laughs) 
that's beautiful because you know so many times like we just get frustrated or we just get pissed or we just let it really like get to our core and kind of eat at us but instead like through her saying that it kind of taught me like oh you can kind of flip that around so we can even do that like for patients or maybe there's certain people we work with or whatever that we can find some gratitude to be like I'm really grateful for that person because a person who I was a year ago probably would have bitched them out, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's an opportunity to practice my patience or um, to reframe things in another light and walk away more positive instead of feeling drained. I think that's so, so crucial. And especially, you know, like finding, even if it's, you know, something funny like that, finding some kind of a positive in a situation really just lets you balance out the negative things so then you don't come away feeling empty and negative yeah and icky and pissed at the situation yeah. Yeah. well this conversation has been absolutely wonderful sorry for the glitch in the middle of it but i still think this is a bomb episode if well, people want to hang out more with you tell them how they can do that um come and find me on twitter i'm super active on twitter And my Twitter handle is at J-K-W-I-L-L-E-T-T-M-D. And I also have a website. I do some writing and have some pictures from my travels and stuff on there. Um, And that is um, www.jessicakwillettmd.com. And there's a contact box on there if you want to shoot me an email. And I'd love to get in touch. Awesome. I love it. Like I told you before, I seriously am going to stalk you. So I'm going to get on there and look at your website. Thanks, guys. So for this kick of encouragement today, I actually want to express my gratitude to you. To you who are out there all across the U.S. and the world listening to this. I am so appreciative of you because it gives me hope that I'm not the only one and that my struggles are your struggles and that because you are persevering, I will persevere. I know that I need to hear positive encouragement all the time. And so I want to share some that I wrote. Um, It was way back in July of 2016. And it starts with negativity is spewed everywhere these days. Hatred and downright ugliness seems to be infiltrating and saturating everybody's brains. I say in my best mama's upset, we better straighten up voice. Enough. No more. Here's my antidotes against that poison that's surrounding us and what I want to share with you to hope to enrich, encourage, and nourish your body, mind, and soul. So here they are. No matter what terms you use to describe your internal or external self, you are more than those labels. You are full of worth and worthy of love despite whatever or whoever has suggested otherwise. You are a sacred, special work of art created so uniquely there's never been nor never will be another you. Even more amazing is you were created in this span of time during this point in history for a special purpose that only you can complete. Claim your personal power, use your strength, become passionate in a way that only you can. Embrace that you are actually an expert an expert on your own life. Take faith in knowing you can endure beyond hard times, harsh people, and challenging situations. And remember, as long as you have 
breath and a pulse, there is hope. Cling to that hope. And in every circumstance, statement, or action, it creates a choice. So choose love. I truly believe that the world is a better place because you're in it, and I am extremely grateful for you. Did you know that currently this podcast is just about at 2,000 downloads in two and a half months? That means several hundred of us are coming together and hearing these conversations each and every time I drop episodes. When I think about that, it's just utterly amazing. And here's a shout out to all you in Texas. Right now, you are leading the market in downloads, so keep it up. But here's the thing. I need help to grow my reach. I would really love to have you seriously consider supporting this podcast by sponsoring an episode. So there's a link in the show notes to check out how to become a sponsor of a particular episode here on Dr. Me First. And with the sponsorship, they're going to be different than other podcasts. You know, other podcasts is more commercially. I would love the support and sponsorship of this podcast to be a shout out to a colleague, to spread inspiration by telling about something amazing that you're doing in your life or business or practice, sharing a silly story or joke to bring some more fun into our lives, something like that that brings encouragement, inspiration, hope, and fun. Whatever it is, I would love to partner with you to make this podcast better. So head to my website via the link in the show notes and sign up to be a sponsor of an episode just one time. Super easy, very inexpensive, and it will be totally tailored to this fun, energizing idea. So think about it, pop on over, and if you have any additional questions, just email me at erinweisman@gmail.com. at gmail.com.